This speaker was recorded at an Addictive Eaters Anonymous workshop held in Christchurch, New Zealand in July 2019. For more information, visit www.aeainfo.org. Sandra. My name's Sandra and I'm an Addictive Eater. And um, thank you so much for having us all here. And um, thank you for your kindness and your courtesy. And um, you, you give freely of your time and spirit. And, um, and I personally am very grateful for that. Um, just looking out of all, all of the faces, it's just, wow. This is fabulous to be able to come and be part of a whole. And um, when, when I was asked if I'd like to share, I just, I, I was... I was a bit overwhelmed and, um, and I just thought, okay then, cool, that's okay. Um, what's the topic? And then had a look at the topic and as soon as I read the, that, that, that one sentence, it just reminded me of being 12-stepped around a little white table in a, in a resort. Um, the lady who I'd asked to be my sponsor was on holidays, so she freely gave of her time and, and of her spirit and um, she 12-stepped me and talked a little bit about, um, well, you know, I, I, I don't know how long it took, but talked about recovery, talked about a solution, uh, gave me hope. I'd never had hope. I'd been part of a 12-step fellowship at that point for, for 15 years, maybe a bit more, and I had no hope. I, you know, there was no recovery where, what I saw, and my sponsor, this particular lady, was coming to a meeting for five years, when she came on holidays and at that point I wasn't ready, I really wasn't interested in anything that she had to say. But after five years of more madness, more control, more other 12-step fellowships, more self-help, more counselling, more spiritual retreats, yeah, no. I just got to that point of, you know what, I'm done. My last retreat was number seven and because um, I, I missed something in the first six, so I needed to do another one. And so I walked out on a beautiful October morning on the Gold Coast. I'd spent seven days praying and meditating, no talking. And um, it was suggested to me that I was very spiritual. You know, I was very spiritual. And that I could probably, because I used to talk about the food, and she said, well, you know, because you're so spiritual, I'm sure you can eat these things. And I just thought, you little ripper. And um, down to the corner store and got a few of those things and a few other bits and pieces. And I ate everything out of the fridge from because I shared a room with four other people. So I ate everything. And, and I'm really spiritual. It's, it's okay. So when I walked out, I just, I was done. And I'm so grateful I was done mentally. I, I, at the time, I was morbidly obese. And I was always morbidly, I was either morbidly obese or very, very thin. And I would diet and exercise to be thin or I would just eat and got fat. So I was always um, up or down, up or down. But what really drove me to my knees was my thinking, was the madness in my head. The, my little mantra was, you know, will I, won't I, can I, can't I, how come they can and I can't, it's not fair. And I didn't want to wake up tomorrow the way I woke up today, that particular day, because I was angry and bitter and I think there was about 30 of us and we're, they're all hugging each other and I stood away because, you know, I didn't want anything to do with those people. 
and um, you know, don't hug me, don't come near me, you know. And I was judging and criticising them. I won't tell you what I was thinking, because it's probably not appropriate to tape. Mm-hmm. And um, so I looked up to God. Well, you know, my my interpretation of God at that moment was, you know, the God of the heavens. And I looked up and I just said a few things to God as well, which I won't say because they're not appropriate to share either. <laughs> but He understood. He knew I was on, what I was on about. And I just said, I'm not doing this anymore. If you want me to get well, I need so-and-so. She's the only one in the world that can help me. I'm done. And I didn't know if I'd ever meet this person again. Uh, But four months later, she came over. And she came to our meeting. And a voice in my head said to me, when I saw her come into a meeting, the voice said to me, and I believe it was God, the solution was, um, you either ask for help or you don't. And if you don't ask for help, you never, ever complain again. You go away, eat and die. That's it, you're done. You don't get to complain to one other person. Because my whole life was about blame and and complain. So we'd never spoken to one another in all those five years. And she said something to me as she left. She put a hand on my shoulder and said, "Um, if you'd like to talk or chat, I'm staying at such and such a place. And I couldn't remember for the life of me what she said. And I was absolutely terrified because my disease was talking to me saying, don't go near her. She'll tell you to leave your husband, your children, your job and the country. And, you know, don't go near her. So, but I prayed and prayed and prayed that that she would come. So I not only had the disease screaming at me in my head, I also had recovery quietly saying, please come, please come, please come. So I got to the meeting early, set it up, please come, please come, and she walked in. And I said to her, I'm sorry I didn't ring you this week. I couldn't remember what you said. So she wrote it down. And I'd never read the big book up, up until up, you know that particular day. But after reading the big book, that was a spiritual tool laid at my feet. So I picked it up and I had to make three phone calls, three, you know, one to my, my phone carrier, one to the motel, and then and then the direct number to, to get this lady. And I asked for help. And she said, come and meet me at this particular time, at this particular place. And she gave freely of her time because I freely wanted it. I was on my knees, I was desperate, you know, please help me. You know, you're the only one that I know that I truly believed could help me. And so in that, that, that time that we were together, you know, she gave freely of her time. And, um, and it's lovely sitting on the end there where, um, you know, the, the saying on the wall, you know, remember, let's, let's not louse this up, let's keep it simple. And I often like to think back of Bill and Bob talking that day or that evening, you know, you know, said to his missus, you know, 15 minutes and you take me home, you know, and 12 hours later, they're still talking. And to me, that was, you know, one alcoholic sharing with another. And for me, it's one addictive eater sharing with me the solution. And she gave me hope, as I said, hope. I'd never had hope before. In in one year's time, you'll be different. In two years' time, you'll be different again. And I'm not talking about your weight. And in five years' time, if you, you know, do those suggested things, don't pick up the first one, ring your sponsor, get to meetings, you know, share your experience, strength and hope. It will be just who you are. And I didn't know what that meant. It, it didn't make sense to me. But after a few years, it, I realised that 
when I do these things, just simply quietly go about my business doing the doing doing these things. It just life happens all on its own. I don't have to control. I don't have to manipulate. The relationships with people around me is calm and quiet. You know, I don't have to get involved. You know, I've learnt just to let people be. Leave them alone. Don't touch them. Hands off. Um, and quietly just ask God to change my thinking. I was 45 when I got to my knees. You know, who am I to decide someone else's life? So, um, so you guys have freely given and I've freely accepted and, um, and I'm so very grateful. Thank you.